Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Empire Rolls podcast. It's been a little bit of a frustrating uh, weekend at the Medeski Stadium as uh, the way we're dreading football club now. To help me talk about this this week I've been joined by Alex Everson. Evening Paul. Evening Alex, hope all is well. All's, all's good, it's nice to be back. Thank you, thank you. It's good, good that you're happy to be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, also been joined by Neil Reeves, mostly Bobbins as he's known. Even though he does say he doesn't like that name, but he hasn't changed it. <laughs> oh, I obviously didn't like it. <laughs> you know. it. Just lasted a bit longer than I thought it was going. Yeah, but you're the person who can change it now. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I lose everything then, don't I? I lose everything. Who is he? Who is he anymore? Well, okay. I'm ambivalent. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks deep, for asking. That's okay. It's a deep topic, that one, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe for later. We'll move on. Yeah. So, we had Ipswich on Saturday, a two-all draw. If we go right back to the beginning, if you could see me now, I'd be sighing on my head in my hands. I mean, it's uh, just, we're back in this place where we've been so many times. So, we go to the starting lineup. We had one change. Jacola came in for Sam Walker. And, yeah, I don't think anyone really could have argued with that on his recent form. Do you think that was a fair show, Alex, to bring him back? I don't really think that Walker did anything particularly to be dropped for Yakola given Yakola's performances. He's a good shot stopper. Don't really think he's much else okay. apart from that. Um, so it may be a little harsh on Walker, but I guess it's kind of the peril of having three goalkeepers without actually having a defined number one is that we're going to get a mix and match. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. What did you think? Did you think it was uh, okay or...? I don't really think it really mattered who was going to be there. To be honest, that they're quite interchangeable. Um, they've both got very similar skill sets. They both seem to be fallible in exactly the same ways. Distribution for the pair of them is awful. Um, I really don't really think it is. Yeah. You know, a surprise either way. To be honest, yeah. Some of Jacola's kicking on Saturday was not one. Yeah, it's not the first it, time. No, either. but, but Clement can't mention this. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. After the game, saying how it wasn't great. Yeah. Just, just you know, hit the big green thing that's in front of you. It's not that hard, but <laughs> for some of these goalkeepers to you know try and place it into a you know a narrow little area of the field, they can't do it. He must have realised by now that every single time he takes a goal kick, it's going towards the left wing and going out of play. Yeah, yeah. Aim your oh. goal kick five yards to the right, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take us so much rocket science, does it, to work it out? No, definitely. And if Jonathan Lowe was listening to this right now, this is one of his absolute pet hates. And he'll be raging. He'll be getting annoyed. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> raging. Yeah, don't spill that latte, Jonathan. Just don't do that. <laughs> so we also didn't see Josh Sims or Danny Loder. Now I think all of us would kind of probably like to see Sims in the squad, probably on the bench, not starting, maybe. And definitely Dan Loder on the bench for me and you, Neil, maybe? Yeah, I mean, what more does he need to do to get a, get a shot at getting on the field? I mean, he's scoring goals for fun in the under-23s. I don't understand what else he needs to do, really. Um, you'd think McNulty would be the person that would drop out because he's he's not pulled up any trees when he has played, albeit he's not really played that many minutes, admittedly, but for deserving a, a, a place... Surely Loder does deserve that. It feels a bit like he's wasted at the minute. Mm. If you've got a player who's scoring, I know he was player of the month last month, I think, mm. um, for the under-23s league. If you've got a player who's playing that well in your reserves team, it's, put him on the bench. Yeah, even no, even no putting, risk, him, putting him on the bench is probably going to appease most yeah. fans, I would have said. Even if he doesn't come on, a lot of fans yeah. are going to understand he's not going to get game time yeah. particularly, but... He's on the bench. Most fans are gonna have. Mm. They're gonna feel pretty, pretty pleased about it. I think. Yeah. No. I, I totally agree. I think that's enough. We're not, I don't think well, most of us aren't expecting him to be starting because one issue we don't have is scoring goals. But you do need someone else on the bench. I mean, McNulty. I don't think he's really pulled up any trees in appearances he's made. I'm not sure he's got much of a chance to build. No, no, they, this is also true. That's also one true. One game, two yes. games, maybe. We just got someone who's scoring goals and not just tappings in the under 23s. Actually, really quite good goals, yeah. and he's creating a little bit of magic in his own goals. He's, he's one of the few players know. that you could say that are in and around the first team that's got a, a modicum of confidence about him. Mm. So why are we not using that? Uh, you know the crowd would feed off that seeing him on the bench and if he does come on 
you know, the vocal lift that the the, you know, the whole team would get just from him being there would be something. So it's I know it's not the be all and end all from from Clement's point of view, but it's it just seems a little bit weird now that he's not featuring. What is he seventeen now or eighteen? At some at some point, it feels like he has to go and get first team football, whether it's yeah. Reading or yeah. whether it's a loan like lower down the pyramid somewhere. Mm. I would expect him to get some first team yeah. football. At some point obviously, Barrett's gone out this week, hasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. And um, although he's gone to Aldershot, which yeah. is lower than where he was last season, so I'm not quite sure the mm. reasoning no. behind that. Danny Loder is 18. 18. So as I said, as I totally agree with you, Alex, that. He needs to go out on loan in January if he's not going to be involved in the mm. first team squad because uh, yes. there's, there's no yeah. point of him being here now. He's proved that he's good enough for the under 23 yeah. and kind of as Clement says, he wants people to excel. I don't think that's exactly the word. But that's I would, yeah, yeah, I would hope he gets as soon as we're knocked out of the FA Cup. I would hope that Danny Loder is out of the door on loan. If yeah, he, if he's, if not, he's not in the yeah. first team squad, yeah. which I'm going to assume. If Clement is still here, that he's not going to. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose here um, Clement would probably say is if, if we have one more injury, he's going to be in. But I think he should be a bit more proactive. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it but could be go. said he's not gone on loan because he is that close to the first team. But mm. given that he's not even on the bench, you think, well, how close are you? They don't want to let yeah. him go, but he's not featuring either. So no. it's, it's it's got to happen at some point. I think that he's got to appear, but. It, the, the golds could dry up by the time he's, you know, he, we get to that point where we need him. His confidence might have dropped off. So, are we missing out? Yeah, possibly, but it's hard to tell us. I mean, a player can come in and have a good game and then need to drop out, can't they? So, mm. I don't know. I, I personally, I'd put him in there. I've said this plenty of times now, just because of some of the reasons that you said as well, Neil. That it will appease the crowd it gives everyone a little bit of a boost and if he was to come onto the pitch he's going to lift the crowd mm. even though most of them have never ever seen him play they've heard the name and they think he 30, might be 30 good seconds of highlights yeah yeah exactly people, but exactly but it's psychologically the it's crowd enough, needs a lift it? it's enough. yes it's enough and you know let's hope he gets a chance at some point and we're talking about Danny Loder goal rush at some point in the championship that would be nice beautiful, <laughs> beautiful thing we live in hope don't we for him as well so moving on to the game, wow, that was oh, the first half. If we look at the first half, it, that was one of the, it's hard to say, one of the worst ones we've seen at the uh, Medeski Stadium this season because it's been so to, mad. I'm struggling to rank these yeah. one of the worsts now. They all feel it, kind of bad, don't they? So. It, it, totally. But I suppose you have to use who, what the opposition were as well. And if you put it against the Ipsa team that is bottom of the league, Scored 12 goals, I think, before that match in 15, 16 games. You think, yeah, this is not great. We lacked energy. We seemed to be disorganised. All the players seemed to be off the pace. Uh, was there a certain amount of arrogance? I don't know. But before the match, Clermont said that this is he, he made a massive point of saying this is going to be our toughest game of the season. Mm. I'm sure he did exactly the same with all the players. But... It definitely was not there in the first 45 minutes. They just completely ran over the top of us yeah. for long periods of it, I felt. Do you think that? I feel like we underestimated them, both probably as a team and as a fan base, realistically. Most people, I expect, went to the game expecting to see us win. Um, I don't think Ipswich were a particularly high quality team in the first half they were just very organised and very they were just up for it which yeah. Reading just won yeah they played a very uh, simplistic football which, but it worked yeah, though it worked. you don't need to be playing Barcelona like Millwall against us very simple they created but chances it's effective yeah. yes and if Ipswich had a striker who wasn't Freddie Sears and actually a decent championship striker they would have been 4-1 up at so half time that. Yeah. Said, I can't stand Freddie Sears you got this I've like, hated him for years yeah, okay. he's such a bang average player and he scored against us like oh how bad are we he couldn't really miss though could he no he couldn't I mean if we play. go back to the first goal and um, we have the long throw and as we were taking as Ipswich were taking the long throw I thought to myself and this was a bad error I thought we don't normally concede from long throws and uh about five seconds well, later. It's essentially a corner, isn't it? And we can see yeah. the time from corners. Mm. Yeah, it's a yeah, set piece, effectively, isn't it? It was the so. second ball, because obviously we win the first header. We get rid of it. 
but then on the edge of the area, Mo Barry just slightly switches off and allows him to have the shot. I don't think I can completely... Surprising. <laughs> yeah, surprising, at least. Comatose. I can't really completely blame him for the goal, because he just strike it quite well, mm-hmm. and it's through a lot of players. Um, some people have been saying that, including me, maybe Jacola could have done better. I, I think he should have done better, really. Yeah. He seems to have got a hand, if not two hands, to it, and it's just gone straight over the top of him. Yeah, it, it, it reminded me very much of Manoli against Derby. Yeah, it was one of those where it bounces in that that horrible little area, just a few yards out, and keepers do tend to have a bit of a trouble with that little little zone. Um, it did come through a few few bodies, but yeah, it's just one of those he could have tipped it around the post just as easily. It gone in, really. Yeah, I think personally, I think he's going to be a little bit disappointed with that one. It wasn't an absolute clanger. I didn't yeah. feel that, but I suppose you could say wet service. I'm trying to make all the you know positives for him here. Yeah. But um, yeah, so moving on to the second goal in the game, obviously we've got this one, Mate. Now Liam Moore puts a, just a long pass up the pitch, and Boulder actually got involved. <laughs> this is probably the only thing he did in the first half, really, mm. of any significance. Plays a ball into the area, and Mate just magnificent finish. Just from nowhere. Yeah, you had no real right to do what he did with it, really. It, it, no. it, it's not the kind of uh, goal that we're used to from a, one of our strikers to be that agile. Um, but yeah, it was put away incredibly well. I think Borden did very well to get there. Mm. Mm. It, and he didn't take a, a touch either. It, it was, was the first, first time yeah, cross two. Yeah. It was a decent cross. Mm. It's a great area. Um, yeah. I think their keeper got to be a little bit disappointed being mm. beaten at his near post. I think he switched off. I yeah, don't think he expected I, it. No, no, I don't think he expected that. None of us expected that, did yeah. they? Definitely not. No. Someone was, you'd think would, well, they're going to take a touch first and bring it yeah, down. but You would expect that. Not Yaku, no. But he took it brilliantly. Mm. Yeah, that's obviously, I mean, he's a person just with so much confidence. So mm. Six goals now he's got. Six and five. Six yeah. and five is, that's pretty good for any player. For us, that's just <laughs> yeah. outstanding. Yeah, I mean, Bodvarsen went for a kind of Decent run as well before we get injured, yes. yes. Mm. Yeah. But no, he's scoring some vital goals. Uh, Sadly, then we reverted back to uh, our standard stuff. And I think this probably was the most comical goal that we've conceded all season. I seem to say that every week, but this one was just... When the goalie gets an assist for a goal... Um, (laughs) You know, something's gone horribly wrong. The ball travels in a straight line all the way down the field and into the net. There's so many questions there, really, isn't there? I'd like to see a reenactment sometime of that defending uh, from Liam Moore just running around. (laughs) You've been standing right next to him, hasn't he? Just basically running with Moore. It's about being holding hands, aren't they? Don't know where they're going. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where they're going. They just went on a little adventure they did there, a little kind of... uh, little journey throughout the game and then they realised oh no the, the game's still going on there you'd, you'd just love to be a fly on the wall in the dressing room there where Clement would have said could you effing talk me through that one yeah. <laughs> and yeah. explain Brilliant. to me yeah. what the pair of you were doing you just and can't you just can't can you no. I mean either more thought there was a shout which very unlikely could have been you look at know. it and Yakla's on a six yard line Um but there's just nothing to explain how that ball travelled as far as it did no. with nobody touching the ball nobody making an effort on Sears and just avoiding the whole thing it didn't even feel like that was the only time that happened during the game that was the thing no it wasn't Multiple, there were other times at least, yeah. no, no, at least one more time the ball was played long over the top and more basically stood off the ball mm. for 10-15 yards let it bounce yeah I, I, I do remember I, Shouting at some point in the second half, don't let the ball bounce. It's just standard for a central defender. You don't defend like that, and especially with the conditions as they were as well. You just think, God, just deal with it. Just do something. But how come they just stand off these things? I just I don't just know. can't work it down. You try to analyse that goal, you know, in the amateur way that I do, and uh, you can't. No, you just no, think, what? The, what's, no, I mean, Jacola no. falling over. That was unfortunate. But even then. It's unlikely he's going to save it. Freddie Sears can put it both sides of him. Yeah. You know, you can't blame the goalkeeper for that one. But it's just inexplicable what they were doing. It's like some kind of cross, you know, country dancing they suddenly kick yeah. into. In the middle of it, I have no idea. 
it's, it's, a, it's a new low, really. It was. It was an absolute was. new low. I, yeah, it's, yeah, that was just really... And then, I suppose you could say that Jacola's kind of redeemed himself slightly after that. He made a couple of good saves. I mean, one from Shaliver and another one which is much tougher from a Roberts header, which he's falling across and he saves it. Mm-hmm. Where if it would have gone to 3-1, the game was dead. Yeah, I cannot I'm, see I'm us getting back to yeah. that. Yeah. And it's just inconceivable to think of the team coming back. It's definitely his major strength, shot stopping. Mm. He's, a, he's a very good shot stopper. He's, mm. he's similar to Al Habsi in that manner. He's a very good shot stopper. I'm not saying he's yeah. as good as Al Habsi, but he's he's certainly a good shot stopper at all forward distribution. Yeah, his distribution is terrible. But it's interesting you say about Al Habsi. He's, I've seen a couple of saves from Jacoby now, and you think, actually, that's a bit more than normal. I think he's a capable. The one he made against Millwall, mm. when yes. you think that's a goal, yeah. but how he saved that, I have no idea. So mm-hmm. maybe that is a good comparison because Al Habsi's um, distribution was not good. And they're, <laughs> both, could, they're both capable of a clangor as well. Yes, like, yeah, they all are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Al Habsi's a little bit better, obviously, but I think there's a little bit of similarity there. So we go in at half time, two one down. And we're all relieved. Mo Barrett also hasn't managed to get himself sent off, which is a blessing because throughout the f- most of the first half, I was expecting to see a red card for Mo Barrett because he seemed to lose the plot just over the slightest thing. Mm-hmm. He was acting like a petulant child basically throughout the whole of the first I'm half. I'm amazed he came back out for the second half. Yeah, his performance didn't warrant him coming back out for the second half. But you can say that about about seven players. Yeah, you could have said that about all of them. <laughs> His performance didn't warrant it, and the fact that his attitude was so just ridiculously immature mm-hmm. uh, to the game situation just it stunned me that he was still on the field after 60 70 minutes. It, he, he should have had a penalty, I think. Uh, I was uh, midway through the first half, I think it was 2 1 at that point. I mean, had all the other girls in the first 12 minutes or so. Um, I th- and he got booked for diving now. I think that was a little bit harsh when I've seen it back on TV. But, yeah, the way he was running around and charging into tackles and just in the ref's face all the time. Mm. I mean, I don't want us to be, uh, you know, perfect sports people. I'm not for that. But um, it was just ridiculous. How the ref didn't book him, at least, was quite amazing after he'd been booked. He was running on such a tightrope, wasn't he? It was unbelievable. He was very fortunate. Yeah, Yeah, he just seemed to be on the edge or game, not really having any composure or thought for his own game. He just seemed to be headless, really. And, and Was he know, thinking it, of the team? No, I, I don't think so. I don't so. think it's a good I, thing. I, I, think, no. I think for the most part, and this is probably controversial, I think Mo plays for himself um, more than he does a team, even when he's on a good day. Um, because the amount of times that he doesn't think about tracking back and won't track back. Um, he's very single-minded in, in what he, he thinks his role is. And when it comes to a game like the Ipswich game, he, he fulfilled that criteria to the T because he had, he had no thought that he could easily get another yellow card and, and be sent off. And that would put us in, in a you know far worse situation. Um, but yeah, the, the game didn't suit him. His head wasn't right. He certainly wasn't enamoured of Clement with um, his performance, given what he's uh, endured in the last few weeks being out of the side. So he's just not helping himself, I don't think. No, I, I don't think so. One thing that was good from Clement in this match definitely was the substitution, bringing on Gareth McCleary. felt a little bit sorry for Renamoto because you could have substituted all of the midfield. <laughs> Yeah. But I can see the logic of the move, and it was the right decision. Made sense. McCleary had a good game. In all honesty, I think McCleary probably changed the game. Mm. It gave us okay. a lot more balance going forwards. We didn't look quite so one-sided, everything going down um, Barrow's side. At least we were actually balanced mm. um, with both wings. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, Gareth McClear, I'd have him in the team straight away in the starting eleven now because he looks like he's been in the best form for quite a while at the moment. Mm-hmm. If if he's not in the starting eleven after the international break, I can only assume he's not fit now. Yeah, yeah. there's no other reason to leave him out anymore. No, there mm-hmm. isn't. He looks he looks fit when he comes on. He doesn't look an issue. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be able to do 90 minutes, but mm-hmm. I'd rather have 60 minutes of him or even 50 
of Gareth McCleary at the moment yeah. and look balanced for that period well, of time. I would rather have McCleary on the field for 45 minutes than have Barrow on the field for 90 at the minute. Fair enough, Alex, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, he's, that, his behaviour on Saturday was not good. It did. The, the Mo Barrow, that is. The second, the second half, there was one incident in the second half which really frustrates me with Barrow. Um, when he went, he went down in our half injured when we were going for a winner. Stayed down on the floor okay. at 2-2 when we were pushing for a winner and had to be told repeatedly, because he wasn't injured quite clearly, mm. had to be told repeatedly by his own teammates to get up, even if you're injured, stand over there so that we don't waste any time. After about five or six seconds of more and Yeardham shouting in his face, he seemed to get up and wander around back off to the wing where he was absolutely fine. Yeah, But his football intelligence just... Astounds me how a player can do that when you've okay. come back from two one down, you've th- equalised yeah. and you've no, that is winner, not good. You just, I didn't see that down. at all. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much in, in front of me. Yeah, and I, I watched him more than the, the, the play that was going on. And you know as, as well as I do, you see a pro go down and you kind of give it two seconds. You think, are you or are you not injured? And even if it's the opposition, you can, you can tell when they're yeah, swinging it. And it's like, no, there's no way you're injured there. And he, you know, he even gives it the eyes and has a good look up, see what the referee's doing. Nothing's happening. I'll just stay down. It's like, what are you doing? You're not helping anyone at all here. And then as Alex says, eventually you just kind of gets up because he's made to. But there's just that no conscious thought of himself of, I've got to do the right thing here. I've got to get in position. I've got to... You know, help my teammates out. It's just so frustrating when we're not that good. We as can't a, carry somebody for that long. He plays for himself. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It was very hard to argue with that on Saturday's performance because we just was not good at all. His whole attitude and the way he was throughout the most of the game, yeah. which is. And when McCleary comes on, you, you could tell that you know he's the more mature professional. He had a job to do, and he did it. He just stayed on the touchline. He tracked back. He got back in this position again and he was ready to receive the ball. Mo, was like, where the hell are you gone? Or if he did get the ball, it would just bounce off his shin and go somewhere else. I mean, those trademark runs of his just didn't seem to happen. Well, you get for clearing. He came on and did a 4 4 2 and then he went into a wing back. He didn't moan about it. No. He just got on with it and that was it. Yeah, so obviously we then move into the second half in Ipswich. I've got to work out, was that Ipswich? been pushed back or was it them just sitting back because I think it was just them sitting back yeah, for a combination yeah, of reasons two things yeah. really isn't it first half they were so full of energy and they closed us down superbly really as, as well as probably any team has done this season but that was never going to last you can't do that for 90 minutes unless you're superhuman so they were going to retreat anyway plus they were going to get tired and we were putting the ball out wide as well to create width so we were we were making the play wide and making them stretch. So it was going to be in our favour in the second because they were going to panic and try and hold on to the lead and you know counter attack, which they did. But we were always going to have more of the ball. We were always going to get it out to McCleary because that was going to be our plan. So we had a number of things in our favour. It's just how we managed to execute it, and eventually we, we managed to get something out of it. Yeah, I mean it's good to see the players come actually kind of. Show some determination. They could have folded. They could have not scored. I mean, I kind of thought we were going to score, but I also was not 100% sure on it. We weren't getting endless chances. After five or six minutes of the second half, I kind of agreed with the person I was standing with, and he said it was inevitable that it was we were going to end up scoring just because of how deep Ipswich were. Um, But it took an awful lot for us to do it. Clement really had to throw the kitchen sink at that. Yes. Um, and even then it was what the 85th 86th minute before we actually yeah. managed that equaliser yeah and I don't feel like we actually created that much before then no I don't remember um, he had one Barrow chance had from the, Barrow Barrow yeah. had the massive chance from I have no idea how he's missed keepers I don't even know what happened I think he, saves, he saves it, it. Yeah, he, saves he, it. He, he must be a yard yard and a half out it's incredible I have no mm. idea how the keepers yeah, saved yeah, yeah. it Unless, that was a I know Barrow's very narrow angle but even still you should score from a yard and a half out. Yeah, it's a great yeah. save. Yeah, no, that was, um, I think you're right, the distance between him and the goalie was hardly anything. Yes, so I don't think yeah. you'd get any angle on it. Mm-hmm. He hit it with enough power, but it kind of hits the goalkeeper yeah. rather than, but that's fine, it's a goalkeeper's yeah. there for, isn't it? So, yeah, we score on the 84th minute after 
kind of huffing and puffing, not looking awful or anything. We definitely, you could see they were 100% trying to get a goal, mm. but just lacking any accuracy in passing in the final third. We also brought on McNulty. We brought on Swift as well. So we were trying to bring in all the players you could possibly bring on to create that chance. We took off John O'Shea, so we pushed right up and ended up with a 3-5-2. That moment when John O'Shea came off was was comical, if I'm honest. Because the conversation between Blackett and, I think Blackett and Moore, Mm -hmm. Blackett and Moore at the back, basically walked over to each other and shrugged their shoulders at each other, having no idea what they were doing. Because no one had come on and said, by the way guys, we're going to 3-5-2, you both need to play at centre-back now. So they kind of just stood there at the back once we'd gone forwards and assumed we were playing 3-5-2 because no one had actually yeah. mentioned it to them. Because yeah, I, I think Yeardham had a throw-in um, almost level with the, the penalty box. Yeah, maybe he was slightly up, deeper. He was, yeah, he was up attacking at and, that point. And Moore was shouting at him, obviously probably couldn't hear him at all, saying, come back, come back. And he's like, what? I'm throwing the ball. Like, no, come back. And he was just thinking, oh shit, if we lose the ball now, we're absolutely screwed. But we got away with it at that point. Yes, I mean, yeah, it was on the edge of your seats kind of moments on that game in so many ways because the significance of losing that match would have been horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the psychological blow to losing the team bottom of the league and probably deserving to lose if you take out the fact that we would have scored if we would have lost that game mm. that would have been a hammer blow nobody, nobody would have had any complaints yeah. no 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 definitely not and I mean we ended up obviously getting a goal from Mate, which was I've got to say a hell of a great hell of a pass from uh, Bakuna um, you could look at the Ipswich defending <laughs> which just drifted over his head um, a great kind of NFL style block from Liam Moore on the Ipswich defender, which I quite enjoyed. Just kind of nudging him, just slightly so he couldn't get to Mate. But Mate has so much time to think about that. It's dropping mm-hmm. out the air. And how many times have we seen players miss chances like that? Just too long to think about it. Yeah. But he takes it wonderful. Goalie has no and chance, power. He's brilliant be, in the air. That's really got to be one of our goals of the season and probably Importance. still will be. Yeah. Importance that the skill from Bakuna to, to play that Hail Mary pass was exquisite. It's all coming in. <laughs> and, and the control on the header, that is mm. a very hard skill to do when it's coming over your shoulder. And you've got to place that so somewhere where the keeper can't get it. Maybe the keeper thought, this ain't happening it's just going to sail over his head and I'm fine but no that was a hell of a header yeah I thought it was good it's it's not the first time he's produced a really good header either this season mm. his heading ability I, I have to say I haven't rated Mate. I don't really think many people have up until the last however long it's been month maybe even now I'm not really sure he's that good of a player yeah. but he's Clearly, our best player who's on form. Yeah. Um, which I think he's learning to, to do the right things in the right areas rather than going chasing the ball all over the place and expending a lot of energy. He seems to be doing the right things in the right areas now, and it's it's paying off because the goals he's scoring are incredible ones. The, the nice thing that I've seen from him over the last month, definitely in terms of improvement, is that he's not just as soon as he's picking up the ball, seeing the goal shooting mm. with as much power as he can. Yeah. He's actually thinking about what he's going to do, which yeah. is the goal yeah, against Bristol. Kind of almost the complete opposite of Mo Barrow, as we were talking about earlier. He's a team player now. Yes, hundred oh, yeah. percent yeah, sure. yeah, team definitely. player. Mm. I mean, you see the passion from when he scores any goal. I mean, he's not a first striker to do that, but he he knows the importance of the goals that he's scoring. And I just wish those two chances at the end that fell to Bulldog, one of them had fallen to Mate, because I feel yeah. maybe he might not score because both yeah. of them weren't sitters, but get them on target. Yeah, you got to test you've the keeper from there. On target. Yeah. I mean, if if you get them low and you and they're shot hard enough, it could go off a defender. Keeper could parry it, and someone else could knock it in. But they they were pretty criminal because, especially after the first one, you kind of think, yeah. "Oh, my technique's got to be better here." And it was identical. When you kind of think, "Do something different with it," exactly the same thing happened. Which just is just Bulldogs. Poor. To be honest, I think Bulldogs been really really disappointing this mm. season. I, th- I think he he tries too hard. I think, and I think he's trying to make up for other deficiencies but as such he he's he's snatching at things he's not running into the right areas for the first goal he was in the right place at the right time but I think as the game goes on he gets weaker 
and he can't then you know influence the game as well as we'd like. But those, you know, one of those two chances should have been on target at least. The second, yeah. second one was Definitely. much, much worse than the first one. I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. The first one was more difficult. Far more players around him, and it's a tighter angle. Yeah. But the second one, he's like you said. Now he's had time. He's he's done the first one. You think no, this gets to get this on target. Yeah, get it on target, and you do not know. It's been horrendous weather. We've seen mistakes from goalkeepers from both sides. You just don't know. You get a rebound, something. Yeah. Just control it, and but he he had know. the time to take a touch as well. He did, but I suppose he probably thought he was going to be closed down. So I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, was, yeah. I was yeah. sat there with my dad, and he said exactly the same, Alex. <laughs> so yeah, he should have taken a touch. Yeah. But I can see why he took it first time, but to knock it on target. Oh, Sam, don't uh, do that to I, me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really be too disappointed if he's not in the team after the international break. No, well, I'd, I'd have. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. quite happily see if Bob Varson is. I think Bob Varson's out of Christmas, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I'd quite happily see McNulty play up front with Mate for a game. I don't see what we've got to lose by putting in McNulty up front. Over, like, over I think he's there bit. for experience at the moment, there, isn't he? Um, over McNulty, I'd say. Yeah, I don't know, but he's. I mean, I suppose everyone will say he's listened as he did set up the first goal, but. You've also got if you're missing down the goal, channel, yeah, exactly. It wasn't a golden movement or anything, no. was it? No, no. Mm. So after the game, I asked, uh, as I always do, uh, what was your thoughts on that performance? And uh, there was obviously some uh, of the obvious ones that are incredibly negative and probably slightly legally uh, dubious. So I won't read those ones out. There was defensive disaster class from John Hyde, which we, uh, yeah. Just we've gone through that, haven't we? Yeah, both sides. Yeah, definitely needed all three from Nick Gregory. Yeah, we did, but four points. I mean, I was saying before we started recording this, four points we would have taken from the Bristol City match and the Millwall match, but we would have expected the points to be the other way around. I think that's possibly the problem there, and I think the best one was from uh, Daniel Curtis what's the point that just works on so many levels it does work on many many levels so uh, internal promotion uh, clats and gang off here on the 18th of December I will be doing a live tweet of the Reading Wolves match from 1994 just after Mark McGee left the club and uh, the game was on ITV it was on Sunday it's on live TV the sheer excitement was just oh, trembling through my body just thinking about it not literally so uh, just figuratively and I will be doing all the videos and some different uh, things will be popping up maybe some articles a couple of uh, quizzes maybe some other things maybe some videos as well so it's going to be kind of almost a celebration of the 93-95 era, which was, uh, yeah, it was a really good team. That's you're a good little bit more decent team. than now. Yeah, I mean, how much will we like a Simon Osborne in our team now? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Lee Nogan above Bulldog any day. On oh, that season form. Yeah, no, I think we need to move on. I'm don't, getting a bit too nasty. Don't start <laughs> causing some tears now. Yeah, no, I get oh, it's, it's getting too much for me now. So I asked uh, today if you had any questions for the show and uh, people have got back to me. So uh, thanks for that. Yeah. Well, obviously, Mate is much improved. This is for Robert Stevens. But I would say Elori and Jacola and perhaps Bakuna can be uh, inconsistent. Also encouraging signs that McCleary is returning towards his best form. This is a relation to, I said, has anyone um, uh, improved this season? I think Blackett's in there as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think Blackett's improved this season? Oh, I think Blackett's, he has. Blackett's probably been the most improved player this yeah. season. Mm. I mean, you certainly don't feel that sense of panic now that we certainly did last year. Whenever Blackett kind of got the ball, he'd be sharp intake of breath. Is like, oh, what's he going to do? He still has that air of complacency yeah. about him, but I don't yeah. think that's going to disappear. But the, no. yeah, the the errors seem to have dried up remarkably. Yeah, he didn't um, have his greatest game on Saturday. I think no, no. full-backs on both sides were pretty Not poor, but, but um, the whole team wasn't But no, he, he certainly has improved, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think he's definitely improved. Especially at left-back, because he always looked pretty poor at left-back before this season. Mm. And as said many times before, he looked okay in a three, but not a left-back. And he's improved, so that's a good mm. thing. George Flood says, uh, I think Mate has taken great sides with his intelligence and anticipation over recent weeks. 
Beyond that, you struggle to pick out one player showing signs of improvement. Well, we just picked out Blackett, George. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've just killed you there, haven't I? (laughs) Maybe Bakuna, but it very much depends on the day. Yeah, that's true. Has Bakuna improved? I think he can. I can't tell because last season Bakuna played half the season at right back. Yeah. And then even when he played in midfield, he had one good game, one bad game, which is, I think it's very similar to this year. Yeah, but they, no, you're right. Maybe it's hard to judge. Maybe compare. his good games are better this year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that pass for the goal on yeah. Saturday. That's a hell of a pass. I, I think he's been, and his finish against Bristol City. I think he's been better when he's had a bit more of a licence to go forward rather than being a, a defensive midfielder, which he mm. patently isn't. Um, no. I think when he's got a bit more freedom, he seems to produce an awful lot more. Yeah, also, here's another one from Neil Elasia, I think it is. Do you think with that one win and one draw, Paul Clement has saved his job? And do you think the board looked at the two games and thought we might win them? I don't know. I, 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 I think, think he's safe you, for now. I think if I think you, you extrapolate it out a bit, the form table kind of indicates a bit of improvement. Um, I think he's probably safe, certainly for the next batch of games, but those those games are, are an awful lot hard, harder than the, the last. So... He's probably got until Christmas now. Yeah, talking about the form table, somebody uh, put up a tweet, which I retweeted. Um, Dadros has been in the form table for the last five games. We're 13th, which I suppose is okay, but we have played some pretty rubbish teams, haven't we? We've played some pretty awful... I mean, our <laughs> yeah. last three games at home, four games at home, have been Hull, Millwall, Bristol and Ipswich. Yeah, so you have to put it into that context. You have to put it into context of we're getting a couple <coughs> of points against these teams who are pretty awful as well mm. if, if we're not picking points against those kind of teams we're not going to pick up any points this season so well we did beat Hull, Bristol City and Millwall we did so, exactly. you know, so, so if, yeah. if we hadn't then we'd, yeah. be, we'd be looking miles miles and miles yeah. well uh, it's done the, uh, isn't it <laughs> but if you, yeah. if you flip not around just... a bit in those games where we've had e- easy games Still, eleven other teams have been worse than us in that period of time, and they would have played shit teams too. So, you can you can like to think that it's still semi decent form for us. Whether it's enough or not, yeah, I don't know. We we still got to improve massively away from home, and just start getting clean sheets. And none of that looks like it's possible right now. Clean sheets are a massive issue this season. One one clean sheet all season, and it's against Hull. Yeah, it's just not. It's no, no one can say that's good enough, no. and we haven't even looked near to get the, a clean sheet. In the, games. the issue I find with the clean sheets is that so often, especially at the start of the season, this season is that we've been told multiple times that all of our defenders individually are very good. Mm-hmm. Moore is meant to be a good defender in I quote in air quotes. Um, Laurie is improved since when he signed. Blackett has improved. Yeardham came in and looked very good at the start, although his form has dropped off in the last maybe three or four weeks. But as a unit, they're they're pretty awful. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Is that all down to the defence or is that down to midfield as well? The lack of protection is... No, I I, I totally agree. Don't start me on midfield. No, don't. No, really don't start him on midfield. We'll be here for another three weeks. So Scott Graham asks, why do we seemingly need to go behind for the majority of games before we switch on at the last 20 minutes and finally start performing to our potential as a team? In brackets, most of the time it's too late. <laughs> Which is there's there's, phys- there's mental issues as well as tactical issues, isn't there? And we all seem to have a, a knowledge of the side that says that this squad is mentally weak. They can't start games very well, as we saw at the weekend. Ipswich was so much more brighter than us. Their intensity was there, whereas we were on the back foot from the off, and as if we hadn't prepared at all. Whether this is Clement's fault or Stam's fault previously, but they they can never switch on and take it to the team that they're playing against. But we always seem to concede goals so quickly. I mean, against Millwall, we conceded and then we just collapsed for a bit and should have gone behind. Mm. Um, Against Bristol City, we scored and then conceded almost straight away. Going back earlier in the season, Norwich score 19 seconds later mm. Ipswich on Saturday score two minutes later we concede 
it's a mental, is it mental? Is it ability? Is it bad manager? I, there's so many things there. I mean, if you keep on making the same mistakes repeatedly and you've shuffled the pack repeatedly, which Clement has done, where do you go? Hmm. You can't buy new players in. At some point, the blame has to drop away from Clement, I think, as well. For With that, kind of I think it is, yeah. Not, he can't account for the players conceding after 19 seconds or no. two minutes or no. four minutes or however long it's going to be after we've scored yeah. they, they, they have to switch on more like yeah. they have to switch on mentally yeah. and even if it's a case of the conversations that I've had um, a couple of people have been put the ball out of play yeah. before a kickoff. like take the booking it's not going to like it's not going to harm you in the long run take yeah. the booking yeah. yeah, just kick it away from the centre circle if you have to. Do something to slow yeah. the game down and yeah. stop the game. Yeah, um, I think it, uh, it's not switched on. I mean, we yeah. all see the team lineups and we look at the defence and we go, "Well, there's no obvious glaring areas." I know some people are saying maybe Elori should be playing, but that's one player out of four. He's not going to transform the team, and we were conceding these goals when he was playing, so that doesn't make any difference. I, I don't know how, like you said, Alex, you can't really blame the manager repeatedly for players going out there. And just making absolutely horrendous mistakes. Mm. There's, there seems to be a collective naivety in the, that they don't know how to manage games properly. It's like if we do go ahead, as Alex says, take the sting out of it. Just pass the ball around to yourselves for a bit. You know, make them frustrated with you rather than just going, okay, we're just going to stand off now and let you do what you want. There just doesn't seem to be that collective control to say, all right, we're going to settle down now. They just panic so easily, and I think that's what frustrates everyone. Yeah, they do. There's, yeah, they just fall apart, don't they? Essentially, moving on to a slightly different topic from the questions. Uh, Lee Chandler asks: At this point, would we not be better off shifting Club One Eight Seven to somewhere they wouldn't cost us money for reducing away ticket allocations? Somewhere they could make more of an effect on proceedings too. They're they're not going to get moved this season. No, it's not going to happen. There's season ticket holders no. in there now who are, who are there. The club has committed to them being there for the season. I, I mean, I'm not a, personally not a massive fan of the idea. I get the logic behind it. But I think at this point, people probably need to accept that they're going to be there for at least this season. And if you're not a fan of it, then, you know, just don't You've got to accept it. it's, it's not going it's, to change It's not going season. anywhere. No. It's not going anywhere for this season. No. So... The atmosphere, and to be honest, I think the atmosphere has been all right. Maybe, it, maybe it's some part of Club eighteen seventy one. Maybe it's just a case that the football is more exciting at the minute. Yeah. I think that is probably a lot to do with it. The atmosphere has improved over the last, I don't know, two months probably at home. Um, maybe an element is that because we've got more the kind of, I mean, I hate to use this word, but the kind of hardcore fans there. You haven't got any of these so-called day trippers. You don't come to Reading now as a neutral, do you? Really? No. I mean, no. I haven't said that. You might because you see quite a lot of goals. There might not be good quality <laughs> goals. The games are exciting. Yeah, they're not dull. We complained for a long time that the football was really dull under Yapsan. We were continuously losing. Now we're not doing very well, but at least it's entertaining. <laughs> so, actually, is that a slight improvement? I am clutching metaphorical straws yeah. as I'm speaking. I, I think with the idea that obviously it's it's a small acorn and you think it's gonna it's gonna grow as the team progresses, but you've got to have one thing to have the other thing, and the team hasn't progressed enough for yeah. fans to come back and fans to go into that area. So until we do, that area is going to remain fairly small but vocal. But it, it's it is what it is. The, the club are committed to to have those fans there, and as Alex says, it's, it's going to be there until the end of the season, and they'll reevaluate and see what happens. But yeah, no, that that is the case. So just two final things to say on this: um, on the money that we're losing, the owners are clearly don't have a problem with that because they've allowed it to happen. So that's not going to be an issue. I mean, it must be minimal, realistically, yeah. over the season. I'll, I'll, I'll put it into I'll, the put into the. What have we got? Seven, eight clubs who are going to sell yeah. out. That's yeah. it in the championship. Not many. And also, you've got to look at the owners of supposedly, I mean, nobody knows the exact figures, maybe 20 to 25 million pounds on a training ground. Mm. Say, theoretically, the away end costs a few hundred thousand they've lost in a year. If you're prepared to spend 25 million pounds on a training ground, yeah. that's really small amounts of money to them. It's yeah. nothing. And, and they're going to yeah. want to. I know people like the away end to be full. Some some fans love that yeah. greater atmosphere. I get that as well. Yeah. But I, I can see both sides that 
you know, Sam's on here quite a lot, and uh, Sam Stevenson, and he's involved with the Club 187. I think he's trying to do fighting against a tsunami at the moment because the, the results are dreadful. Mm. And how do you create a really great, amazing atmosphere when the results aren't there? If you mm. had started this in Yapstam's yeah. first season, it would have picked up massively. Yeah, yeah. So it's unfortunate it's happened there. It's, it, the timing of it, I understand the timing of it is to try and improve the atmosphere at games when the atmosphere has been bad, but the atmosphere is bad because the football's bad. Yeah, the atmosphere is not... It goes hand in hand. It, they go, yeah, exactly, they go hand in hand. When the football's good, the atmosphere's better. Mm. It's, you know, one and... Yeah, one, yeah totally. One you see it even on Saturday. If you went to the game on Saturday, look at the atmosphere when we score the goal and we're trying to score the second one. The crowd picks up. Yeah. That's what happens. In this, the only thing that mm. really affects it are the players on the pitch. Yeah. And that is it. And then and we all work off that. I know the players always say, oh, they need us as much. But ultimately, no, it's, no, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they go out there and play games, it doesn't matter what they do. They just have to play well, get results, and put the effort in. The first half, the effort was not good enough. No atmosphere. Second half, effort, atmosphere. Mm. Simple. It's, it's, just, it's the unwritten law of football, really, isn't it? If you play good, the fans are on your side. If you don't, the fans won't come. And that's that's where the football's been forever, and it'll never change. Yeah, it won't. Well, thanks. Certainly everyone. not here, anyway. <laughs> no, it definitely won't. No, no, we don't have that hardcore support of twenty, thirty thousand. We just don't have it. And I can't see it happening unless Reading becomes even more populated. Probably one of the reasons why it's going up. So that's a whole different topic. Don't go. Don't go there. Don't don't go there Paul. Yeah, I want to, but I'm not going. <laughs> So, moving on to, well, I know the Wigan game's a fair distance away, but there's obviously the next opposition. Simpath, people have been saying, I'm a bit worried about playing Wigan. I think they've got one, well, I don't think, I know, they've got one win in eight games, scored five goals, conceded 15. I think people are worried about the Wigan who started the season with whatever it was, four wins in six or something. Yeah. Not That's Wigan, not the team now. Not no. the Wigan that have played the last yeah. five games. And yeah. Like you said, conceding goals for fun. Yeah. yeah. They are. I mean, the last time they won at home was against West Brom on the 20th of October. So that's a good team to beat 1-0. Yeah. But what we need to do is to play like Ipswich did against us in the first half. Well, we got to take the game to them. Hopefully the outcome will be different. But we got to play with a mentality of we're going to take it to you because you're in bad form rather than being, you know, static about it and thinking, oh, we'll just get something on the break somewhere. Um I know it's a fine line between trying to defend a clean sheet and go for a win, but there's got to be a bit more intent about trying to get some points away from home. I think playing against Wigan after the international break is probably the worst possible timing for us after they've been on this bad run of form. Yeah. To get two weeks off to yeah. you know reset yourself and mm. then to come back and say, oh, we'll play Reading at home. It, it, as a Wigan fan, you're going to sit there, or even a Wigan player, you're going to sit there and go, well, this is a good game to yeah. come back to. Which, which is why we have to have a different mentality about it. But we us. were thinking the same when we played Ipswich. Yes. Yeah. So exactly. it can work both it ways, both can't ways. it? Yeah. yeah. It's a, I think it's a game that we can definitely win. I can't see any reason why, because you're, you're right, Alex. People are thinking about the, the Wigan that started the first five or six games. That team is kind of slowly being found out in the Championship at the moment. It can adjust, obviously. Mm. But... You know, we've got some threats. We've got some goals in the team. That's one thing we consistently do is score goals. We consistently let them in, but Wigan are doing the same. So it could be one of those games again. There's a 3-2 to who knows which team. You flip a coin, I think, for that game. I, yeah. yeah, I can't see... Well, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. So Ever. It, <laughs> no. I, can't, we, I think we've conceded two goals in our last six games now. Mm. Uh, two goals in every in each game of our last five or six games. Yeah. There's no reason that Wigan aren't going to score at least one or two against us. No. So we're going to have to go up there and score probably three to win. Yeah. Maybe maybe two or three to win. No, I, yeah, so that's, it's, it's probably right. going to be a high-scoring yeah. game again. Yeah. No, no, no. Get your bets on. Uh, yeah, gamble aware. It's uh, <laughs> definitely the way forward. Is, no, I don't uh, think we'll have any any players coming back from injury in, in that time. That's no, I don't think so. Realistically make a difference. So. No. We Essentially the same squad, isn't it? might swap Elori for O'Shea, possibly. But Maybe I'll bring back Dave Edwards. Be <laughs> silly now. <laughs> We've all forgotten him completely. I'm going to bring him up in every podcast Will he play now. for us again? There's, there's, there's a better I'm going to bring him up every week just to remember him. players at the minute, though, who are sitting outside the squad who basically have been just... McShane. McShane. Myler. Uh, May, yeah, Myler. Myler. Those three. I mean, Edwards. 
all just three nowhere. Them, all three of them could leave in January, and nobody outside the uh, first team would notice. I suppose you'd throw Josh Sims into that as well. well Josh I know we don't know him. Josh, but Josh Sims is gone in January. Yeah, no, he probably. He, I don't think he'll play another game for us. No, well, I, yeah, I don't know about that, but I don't know why Southampton would want him to stay here if he's not playing. I, I, I don't yeah. think he's going to play another game. I think, despite the fact that he's played well, wouldn't he's played for us? McCleary has jumped straight back in ahead of him. Mm. Luca's still sitting on the bench ahead of him. So either Sims does nothing in training uh, or him and Clement have had some kind of falling out potentially. Yeah. Um, because otherwise I don't really see why Sims is not even making the squad. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not quite sure at the moment. Because all but. things being equal, you'd still think he'd be on the bench over Luco, even if McCleary is starting or only playing... 50-60 minutes you'd think still think Sims would be there on the subject of Aluko sorry to like oh, oh no. don't bring oh, it no. down does it we, we, we've <laughs> tried been, our best he's been on the bench for six games in a row now and he's played six minutes what's the point what's yeah. the point of him being on the bench Josh Sims has got to be ahead of him it's, hasn't he there's yeah. got to yeah. be something in Aluko's contract to say he must be in the squad I'm sure there's got to be otherwise why is he there yeah. like what's the point I don't know it, it makes no sense does it because a player is a substitute all the time you think well I'm never using them why, yeah. why you say why is he I there I'd understand it if Clement was bringing him on he, none of us obviously none of us rate him and I'd, but I'd understand it if Clement was consistently bringing him on yes. for 15 minutes at the end of a match but he's mm. not so yeah. why is he sitting on the bench what's the point it's no. an interesting point though isn't it that you know he's on the bench but at no point you think oh, bring a Luca on but he considered bringing happen, him on, does Clement, does doesn't he? Well, he yeah, said, but consider bringing him on instead of <coughs> on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, on Saturday he had to consider bringing anybody on because if he didn't score, if we didn't score, Clement was sacked anyway. Yes. So yeah. I think that probably, I don't know. I think that get result against Bristol City just salvaged him for long. And we know our owners take so long to make a decision. And I'm not going to mention the person who makes that because I don't want to do a whole do podcast it, without no, mentioning his name. <laughs> no, I don't want to go there. So, yeah, this is leaving with a sour taste in my mouth. <laughs> it's bringing up that person. You had to end it on him, didn't you? No, I'm not going to mention him. So, thanks a lot for uh, listening. Uh, we will be back after the Leeds game. So, we've got the Wigan and Leeds game. So, it'll probably be. Yes, really? live on Sky. Well, Leeds, Leeds TV. Sky. Leeds TV, isn't it? Fair enough yes. to them. There's a shocker. So, um, all, all 100 fans going up for £37 a ticket. £37 a ticket. Tuesday night while we're on Sky, £37 a oh, ticket. Wow. Can't, cannot wait for the inevitable Tin Pot Club. Tin Pot Club is incoming. Well, what I'd like to see is Teams like Reading. But yeah, I want to see. I want to see after the match. We should be beating. We should be beating Teams like Reading. There's the dream. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I don't know who started that, but it's quality. Okay, then. Thanks a lot for listening. Cheers.